to give res show respect to the audience and respect your own business. It was a way to protect it. Ladies and gentlemen, heels and faces, casual wrestling fans, and all you smart marks, I'm Kayfabe AJ, and, and this is Kayfabe Avenue, and tonight we bring you the AEW Dynamite Wrap-Up, and we're about an hour and a half removed, we got a, a lot of time to, you know, unpack what happened tonight. A uh, couple of things, a couple of good matches here and there. A uh, lot of story moving forward, so let's get right into it. Let's get right into this right um, number five, rated five episode. <laughs> we start off with a uh, video package going into the road to he's, revolution, even though it's probably like, what, still like how many weeks away? How many? How long is this road? I don't know. It's, this fucking. It's, it's, it's like we on the I ninety five south. I felt like it's been more than a, a quarter. Like they usually is every three months a pay per view, but I feel like this shit has been dragged the fuck yeah. out. I'm ready for Revolution to hurry the fuck up, so half of these storylines can die this already. Road needs to end already. So somebody, <laughs> needs, to, somebody needs to find the exit. I think somebody's lost. Clearly, because this road is just going on. It's, they've gotten lost and ended up in different promotions and then came back and then got lost in another promotion, then came back and then realized, hey, all our storylines got jumbled. <laughs> it's a it's a lot, a lot going on the past couple months, but I'm definitely ready for revolution to hurry up so we can get back to some more streamlined uh storylines. So um first matchup of the night's open the show, which was kind of shocking to me. John Moxley's been pulling like early duty. I don't know. Like he was on dark last week and it was like the first matchup. Yeah. Which was the main event. And then uh, was, was after the main event of Dynamite that week, which he was in. So it was like in and out, in and out, in and out. <laughs> so I guess Moxley doesn't like wasting any time. And no, he didn't waste true. any time in this match versus Ryan Namath, uh, the brother of Dolph Ziggler. That's his name. That is his name. So um, really good match um, for the most part. But we all knew John Moxley would pull off this win. Um, but if you want to hear more about Ryan Namath, check out our Dark review, obviously. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> He's been competing on Dark a couple of times. So, yeah. But you would know that if you've been listening to it. Yeah. So go. Go click on our Dark episode on YouTube and all major streaming platforms. Check us out at KFAB Avenue. But um, really good match. Ryan Namath has been a standout as far as the new guys who's joined the, the ranks of AEW. And he's one of the rare guys that actually jumped straight to being featured on Dynamite. So good look for him. Um, pretty much John Moxley wins with the paradigm shift, um, which Namath really sold the hell out of. I did enjoy um, that aspect of it. But then we, you know, after the match, we get a... a out of breath, John Moxley cutting one of his signature promos, uh, talking about what he's gonna do to Kenny Omega, and pretty much, you know, it's really structured like every promo. So it's like, what's the match? Who I'm fighting? What I'm gonna do? Name the match again, 
oh yeah, I'm gonna get my title back. Pretty much the gist of his interview. Um, no, that shit was way too long, though. It was he repeated a himself, a too long. bro. He re- that that's why I say that. Over and over. And he over repeated and over. himself at least three, four times. He cut this. He cut three different promos and the same promo saying the same shit. <laughs> so let's move on. Let's not get long winded like John Moxley was tonight in that promo. And, and we have another another backstage package with um. Lance Archer and Ray Phoenix, and we have um, Alex Abrahantes doing the interviewing. Yeah, that was pretty funny because he he had uh, Ray Phoenix pretty much has him uh, translating to um, the Murder Hawk, and he's pretty much saying I'm like gonna kick your ass and you suck shit like that. <laughs> shit like that. So Lance Archer doesn't uh, take too kindly to that. And this ends up leading into probably one of the most cringe backstage fighting segments I've seen possibly anywhere. Like, the murder hawk. Murder is in his name. Like, we forget that a few short months ago, this guy was putting people through ceilings, was dragging people down the ramp and throwing them in the ring before his match started. He was putting people through walls and throwing people in garbage cans. But now... He has a tussle with Ray Phoenix, exactly. a guy half his size. And then he gets thrown into empty water jugs. Empty water jugs and gets dazed. I'm confused. Does him being a tweener now make him weaker? Like, yes. did he lose strength because now he's a semi-good guy? Yes. That was a cringe-ass segment. It ends with a, a close-up of all the shenanigans happening. I just didn't like. I don't think there was really any um, big redeemable qualities about that segment. It just led to the you know the little preview for them owning the main event tonight. That was really the only purpose behind it, and I I feel like it was it was horribly done. They could have they could have just had them fight and just you know have referees or have people separate them and prolong it later on the night. The fact that it ended on like a zoom in, so we didn't know what the fuck happened. So we're just to assume the murder hall got separated by someone magically in the back in order for them to have their match. Like could have been done better, um, but overall we'll, we'll we'll get to Ray Phoenix and we'll get to to the murder hall later on in the night. I think that you know I think that we should probably think about how we present these um, certain wrestlers in certain ways because like I said him him doing that 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 little days thing after the, the water bottle thing cringy like, why, why, why would you why would you even want to show that it's like if, if I would have saw that I would have been like you know what we do the whole segment make sure the water bottles are not there anymore because it, it it was ridiculous like how and and th- I think that's one of the problems that AEW in particular has is like they they're too busy trying to put everyone over that they kind of forget the moments where they should be protecting their star rather than putting the next person over. Ray Phoenix is somebody that doesn't need um to go over on someone like Lance Archer and still be relevant. 
like you don't have to diminish Archer to keep the significance of Ray. We can have power levels. We can have weight classes. Like I just feel like they they lose me in moments like that. Ray Phoenix just dazed this man on a fucking empty water bottle. <laughs> but let, let's move on from that segment. We go into straight into another segment with the Young Bucks oh arriving. Oh my god! With Papa Buck, yeah, this was very oh story heavy. God. This wasn't really match heavy tonight. Um, but Young Bucks arrived with Papa Buck, and that's all the significance of that promo. Um, then we have the the. I think what what is this? The first match of the night? Second match. You right, right. Second match. Moxley and name of being the first. Second match of the night. Ricky Starks and Brian Cage versus the Varsity Blondes. What do you think about this match? I think this match started 45 minutes into the show. Uh, right? It, I think it did. That's how long. <laughs> so, like, holy crap. Like, really? Anyways, we have Ricky Starks and Brian Cage uh, make quick work out of the Varsity Blondes. Um, Lion Brian and Stunning Griff Garrison, but you know they they gave him a little a little something to do a little bit, but you know eventually they tag uh, Ricky Starks tags in on um, Brian Cage, and Brian Cage basically clears house and picks up the victory, you know, it, and it just goes so hot it goes to show you how quickly you know things if things to get south. For teams has all Ricky got to do is tag in uh, Brian Cage and then one two three the match is over. What I did like um there was a point of this match where Ricky Starks was was going back and forth doing a leapfrog, doing that drop down um thing that wrestlers do that combination. So when he came back from the leapfrog, um Brian Pillman did the drop down, but on the drop down and the rebound off the rope. Ricky Starks actually tripped up his feet and like slid out the ring. And that showed Prillman's like ring awareness and the fact that he can possibly be a future ring general. Um, he picked up on that and went out and ended up getting Ricky Starks, throwing him back in the ring. So the transition was so smooth that you didn't even realize that fuck up. Like most people probably missed it and they didn't realize that Ricky Starks tripped. Um, it was just quick thinking on Brian Pillman's part and, you know, the recovery on, on Ricky Starks just shows how good these guys really are. Um, overall, match was great. Varsity Blondes coming off of last night's dark, uh, still looking strong. Obviously, they're not going to pull off the victory against Team Taz, but they look good in defeat. They definitely look good in defeat. I don't think it was a knock on any, you know, anybody in this match. Um but it's team task time. And of course they're trying to build up towards their uh, revolution match against Sting and Darby Allen. And speaking of Sting and Darby Allen, after Ricky Starks and Brian Cage win their match, Sting, uh, Sting's music ends up hitting. We think he's going to come out, but no, he's on the Titan Tron. Well, a video package actually comes on the Titan Tron and it's Darby Allen getting drugged. In, in that um in the body bag attached to the uh, what is that pickup wagon most wagon Whatever. one of those old ass 90s big wooden van, vans or whatever it looked like 
and Sting's driving it, finally stops, gets Darby out the bag. So this is where they actually swerve me because now Sting comes out live in the in the arena, dragging the bag. So I'm like, didn't we just see in the video package Darby get pulled out the bag and he sits up and smiles, notably with Sting face paint, half of Sting face paint face. Um, but didn't he just get out of the bag? Why is Sting out here dragging the bag? So lo and behold, Hook was got his ass beat, put in the body bag, and Sting dragging child Taz's son out. Child abuse. <laughs> That's child abuse. That 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 poor boy she like, I don't, don't do that, bro. So it looked it, it was pretty dope. Swerve me. I thought it was Darby Allen. They were doing this metaphorical symbolic thing, but no, it was Hook got his ass beat, it put him in the bag. Um, then we get this cool moment with Darby Allen He's coming from the rafters, you know, classic WCW Sting style. Coming from the rafters, they come in, start attacking Team Taz. Well, not right away because Darby Allen ends up getting stuck in his harness. Yeah. So he, he noticeably had a hard time getting the harness off. Yeah. But we end up seeing him finally get free of the harness, use the skateboard to take out. Uh, Ricky Starks, Sting ends up hitting a Scorpion Death Drop on Brian Cage to end that segment. So what do you think about the segment overall? I think that Taz should have done something. He should have been putting his hand. You know what? I'm sorry. Taz. He might be banned from the burgers for the first round. Taz, He's not banned from the barbecue. You're banned. He's not banned from the barbecue. I'm going to have to call it in. Banning some more Brooklyn people for the barbecue. <laughs> nah, they can't get in. Nah, he's not banned. He's banned. He can't be banned. But he's definitely not getting the first batch of burgers. And you might be only offered glizzies for the rest of the night. Um <laughs> Taz, you forgot you're a fucking wrestler. You're younger than Sting. You can go help your son. You can go avenge your son. These guys had their backs turned to him, and he still didn't do nothing. I think that part of the story was lacking. He's showing his concern for his son. No, no, no. no. A real Brooklyn dude, someone with the temperament of Taz, he would have ran in there and got his ass whooped. Or the ratchet. Or he would have put somebody in a Taz mission. I think <laughs> that's that Brooklyn side. But I think they should have just went with the, he got pissed off, tried to avenge his son, Darby and Sting after taking out Brian Cage and um, Ricky Starks should have got the better of Taz, but Taz didn't do shit. That was my only knock on on this segment. Yep. So let's let's move on from that. From one segment to another segment. A, a, definitely another segment. Tony Schiavone with Miro and uh, Kip Sabian and Penelope before they're all in some remote location backstage thing. Long-winded promo for Miro pretty much saying, Chucky, come back and be my butler. That's it. Yo, Miro's bad on the mic. Yeah, he's... I don't know if it's this pairing with Kip Sabian, this whole best man gimmick. Stop mentioning the fucking wedding. And, and that was one... That was the big thing that pissed me off about the segment. Bro, you're mentioning a wedding that wasn't even important enough for AEW television. We didn't get we didn't get a single pre-segment. So why are you keep talking about it? They got married. They actually said the I do's on TV. Why would you say because of Chucky and, and Aris Cassidy, they couldn't enjoy the honeymoon? 
So after they said, I do, they decided to say, we we got interrupted at the end, so we're not going to go on the honeymoon. I believe it. Come on, man. Make fucking sense of this shit. It's the little details, bro. Shit was trash. Pretty much came off with this fucking childish. Will you fight us at revolution? Yes or no? Like, how old are we? What, what fucking demographic are they trying to appeal to the with five, this bullshit story? The five to nine-year-olds that uh, Kenny Omega and Don Callis was doing charity work for last, last week. week. I guess so. I guess so. Um, let's let's move on to the third matchup of the night. We have Brandon this Cutler. This probably like an hour and a half in. <laughs> we got Brandon Cutler versus Jake Hager and... This match was trash. Oh, this was match. Was Brandon boring. Cutler. Yo, this is this is this match was so boring. You know, it almost put me to sleep. Yeah, um, it was just like a showcase of Jake Hager's strength. Um, I didn't really see or or remember anything that Cutler did remotely flashy or you know. That that really staggered Jake at any point. Um, Yo, this this was like the most bland match of like. It was, and um, no, there was no seasoning at all. <laughs> just two. Bland I mean, let's be real. Let's bland, not act bland, like. Bland. Let's not act like Jake Hager wasn't bland in WWE. Let's not act like he wasn't hidden behind the inner circle this entire run. He's been here. Now he's on his own in this match and it's boring there has to be a reasoning behind that so we need jake hager to stand more on his own we need to see what he's going to bring to the table that's different uh from wwe when he's in a standalone situation we can't have jericho talk for him and do everything for him so in segments in situations like this where it's his match he has to really carry this situation especially when this is someone uh he's facing someone like cutler who's still earning his way through the ranks and through the eyes of the fans. This was supposed to be Jake uh, Hager's, like, ring general showmanship. Like, he was supposed to take control of this match. It was a dominant match for him. Um, pretty straightforward. But it wasn't nothing special. Nope. So after the match, the inner circle come out, beat up Brandon Cutler. The Bucky Boys come out to make a save. And then we transition to our next five. No, 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 no. It turns into our next five-minute segment of waiting for the Young Bucks to save it there. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Five. I just want to point out, Yo, this was the most horribly acted ass-whooping. Like, if you're going to get family members involved and you need them to act out segments, I'd rather you just fucking hire an actor. I'd rather... If you peep Papa Buck, he was here sitting like mouth open, eyes rolling over with what looked like smeared ketchup. Uh, That was the worst blood capsule job they've ever done in wrestling. Like from far, it looked like somebody magic markered his face instead of it being blood. And then to, to drive the fact that he got his ass whooped home, they bang him against a truck that has an image of the Young Bucks, and then he gets stuck against the truck and, like, smears the blood slowly, and then MGF takes his turn and throws him against Nick, the image of Nick on the truck, and he 
it, it was just so cringy. Like, get an actor. So five minutes later, the young bucks came and made the save. Get an actor. Or they attempted to make the save. Jericho and um, MGF end up running off like bitches after showing a tough front. Um, I hate that too. When 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 the heel character acts like they're super tough, does some badass shit, and then acts like a pussy two seconds later. Revolution can't come any quicker, for real. So they drive off. They drive off. Commercial break. We come back. To finish the end of this segment. This is the eighth segment. Oh my god! Somebody please. So we now we see the young bucks. We see the young bucks. Please. We see Gallows and Anderson. Gallows and Anderson and Nick go in the ambulance, but for some reason, Matt stays behind. So queuing in the point where the Good Brothers were related. And able to go into the back of the ambulance. One. And aren't these the same guys that let the Bucks get the ass whooped last week and their father disrespected in the first place? How long are they going to fucking drag this good brother's young buck bullshit? And I'm sorry, that little BTE clip wasn't enough for, to, to excuse them or keep the storyline going. It's bullshit. It's insulting. It's stupid. The Bucks can do better. The Good Brothers can do maybe a little better because their dick jokes are getting fucking tiring as well. Like I said, revolution can't come soon enough. Trash. But we go from one segment... To our next segment is Segment Mania. This, This was Segment Mania 2021. We get uh Shaq um pumped up his in-ring debut next week. We see the clip between him and Jade and the whole build-up. Blah blah blah. That story's trash as well. So we move on to what what is it? The third match. The third match of the is night. It? Is it? Yeah. Third match of the night, Isaiah Cassidy versus Hangman Adam Page. And while this was actually a really good match. My problem is, it was a really good match. I'm supposed to believe Hangman Adam Page went 10 minutes with the one-minute man? Yes. They don't even remember their own fucking gimmicks at this point. The one-minute man went five to ten minutes with Adam, Adam Hangman Page. This tag team guy... This green dude, this guy who can't even get it together in his own tag team, is standing toe to toe with Hangman Page. While it was a good match, that shit made no sense. It didn't. Not at all. <sighs> I, I did like the fact that Hangman used the dead eye stick at the window. Yeah, he finally switched up from doing the the buckshot lariat. So he did the dead eye, so that was a good change. The, the match, honestly, it was excellent. It really was a great match. But it makes no sense, and I will I will stand on that hill and die on my shield. That made no sense. And the Dark Order also helped out uh, Hangman as well. Yeah, because after that, Matt Hardy ends up attacking um, him and Isaiah end up attacking Adam Page. Dark Order ends up making the save, so furthering the, the union of Dark Order and um, Hangman for the past BTE in the past couple of weeks 
they've been, you know, saving, making the safe for him. So more on that. Can't wait for revolution. So yeah, um, Matt Hardy comes out with uh, Allen Five and uh, basically throws him off the stage into uh, the table below. And, yeah. Uh, and the, the Dark Order starts to chase him away. So poor Allen Angels. And so uh, we go into our next segment of segment. Another motherfucking segment. Jesus Christ, Alex Marvez, um, talking to Kenny Omega and Don Callis and. Kenny's garbage, bro. This ain't. I'm still not sold on this. This blouse wearing, Ted Mosby shoe sporting, fucking shell of the cleaner Kenny Omega. Like, this is not New Japan Omega. And him putting over this bullshit, um, death match. Like we didn't just have a death match the last time, the the original time that they went off. So. Are we supposed to be more excited because you added, ooh, explosions? Yes. I don't give a fuck about that, man. Give me good story. The match is going to be good. Just is give it, me good story. Is the match going to be good? I'll, I'll, I'm not too sure about that. Nah, it, it's Kenny Omega and it's, it's John Moxley. No, it's it's going to be a good match. McFinger Bang and Stone Cold Light. <laughs> Stone Cold Light. Uh, revolution can't come quick enough. But I will say... To me, the match of the night, Nyla Rose versus Dr. Britt Baker. I was fucking surprised that that um, Nyla picked up the win, one. And two, I'm surprised Britt Baker held her own. Like, at least three times she almost got Nyla into the, the, the submission hole. I forgot what it's Actually, called. The, the lockjaw. Lock I actually thought she was gonna get it too. I thought she was gonna win. I really, really did uh, think she was gonna win. I'm actually surprised that she didn't win. I thought th- that she was a shoe in to end up going against Thunder Rosa. So I'm actually glad AEW threw this this um you know wrench in that in that idea through the haymaker out of left field because I really didn't see um any other outcome. So now I'm I'm really wondering where this is gonna go, and I'm actually more excited. For this tournament, because before I really thought it was going to be just like the first men's eliminated tournament, where from the beginning we knew it was going to be Hangman and um, Adam Page. So this one they really went out their way to swerve us. So I'm I'm glad they did that. Overall, great match to me. Night of the match. Yep, definitely. Uh, match of the night. Excuse me. Um, next up we have FTR. And Jurassic Express, they get a, we get another oh promo hyping up their matchup. And um, yo, in reality, we're on the main event. This is the main event at this point. The fourth match. The, the, what, hold on, let's go back. Let's go back. This can't be. We had. John Moxley, Ryan Namath, one match. Yo, we haven't even done a commercial yet. We had Ricky Starks and Brian Cage versus the Varsity Blondes. That's two matches. Cutler, Hager, three. Cassidy, Hangman's four. Brubaker, Nyla Rose, five. And the the main event. Wow. They did not use their time well tonight. <laughs> so 
They really did not use their time well tonight because in all reality, the major stories that they've been focusing on week in and week out were barely focused on tonight. Nope. A lot of it was just on back to back to back to back to back promo segments. Wow. So the main event of the evening is um, Lance Archer versus Ray Phoenix. We talked about their little cringe ass backstage fight uh, leading into this matchup. The winner, of course, advances to the Revolution's ladder match. The um, number one contendership um, why, will why be decided other, at the end of that match. While other people was allowed to be inside that match and they had to um, compete for it, we don't know. When we have a ranking system for that. Go figure. Uh, um, so Lance Archer ends up winning in a long, drawn-out match. This match really took a lot of time. Um, it was a great match. It was a great match, but I feel like there was a couple parts where my interest kind of, like, went, like, came and went, and it just felt like a lot of the same thing, just stretched out on, over, uh, you know, extended period of time. Usually, Ray Phoenix is, like, a bullet all over the place, and... I feel like this is this is the the problem we have when we get two people who the fans are supposed to like, um, or are booked in the same way, and they really don't know what direction to take it with. We you know we can't have Lance Archer being the murder hawk, and we can't have Ray Phoenix doing his thing because not, they're 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 been teaming recently on top of that, so. I think know, this I, match I, suffered on that note. I think I think I think it was a great match regardless, but you you're right. It was kind of slow at certain points. It dragged on at certain points as well. Um, they it seemed like they both wanted to do all of their moves uh, on each other. So you know that's the re- that's felt like another reason why it dragged out and everything. And you know. I think that Lance Archer didn't need to compete just to be in his match. They, I don't think any of these guys needed to compete um, tonight. If anything, where's Sammy Guevara? He's not, he, well, he was supposed to be on impact. Where's Sammy? Where's anyone else? Where was Chucky? Where was Orange? Where are the other guys on the other end of these storylines that they put forward tonight? Possibly, you know what? Possibly stuck in the snow. I know Sammy was involved in that. His his vlog. He had a segment that he was supposed to do, defending the BT uh, championship, the Sammy's vlog awesome. championship against his mom, and that fell through because of this the storm. So hopefully, you know, it it, it was that, and I, I feel like that's why this episode of Dynamite was kind of lackluster, in in my opinion. I don't feel like. I feel like you could have missed this episode and still got the gist of everything. None of the storylines really had any major turns or shifts. The only one that would, and I felt like it was cringe, was the Young Bucks in a circle situation. Of course, they tried to use their father to, you know, make it more personal. But I feel like you guys have focused so much on the Good Brothers and this invasion or whatever it's going to be that the real story of, of Inner Circle versus the Bucks have gotten lost. 
we've gotten Sammy versus MGF and that storyline, the inner circle kind of cr- crumbling for the most part of this month. And now I feel like that we're what a week, two weeks, a week from revolution. Now you're trying to cram the personal shit. Now you're trying to cram the personal issues to make it special. No, I feel like this was this was lazy. This was um Stop. Cheap booking. They need to start going to to Impact and start focusing on their own product. They right? do. Just tell us you bought Impact already. Just tell us. Just tell us. And if you didn't buy Impact, just tell us you partnered with them, and and we're gonna use their talent once in a blue moon, and that's it. This focus on Impact is taken away from what makes AEW great. And while certain certain things that came out of it were kind of cool. Like, um, well, not even out of that, out of the New Japan, Kenta, the future possibility of that. But Impact has given us what? The Good Brothers? You got a couple of people on Impact, but who the fuck watches Impact? I, and I, and I, I will stand on that hill and die on that shield. Who the fuck watches that show anyways to, to really grasp it? Yeah. So now we're suffering on our storylines or the storylines on AEW became convoluted. And messy, and this episode suffered because of that. So, with that being said, I'd give this this episode of, of Dynamite a six. Damn, a six, a six. Damn, it's a five though. <laughs> it's a five though. So, um, it's around a six or five out of ten. Um, yeah. What you think about it? Yeah, you're with a five too. <laughs> it's a five. Nah, <laughs> nah. I I stick with that, and it's because. This wasn't even a go-home show. And it was super, super promo heavy. So, you know. Super segment heavy. Super segment heavy. Segment mania. Segment mania, Dynamite Edition 2021. So with that being said, we can do this all day. Focus, where can they find you? You can find me on Instagram at 10C underscore Muyo. Um, Like, share, and subscribe all our videos on YouTube. Find us on uh, Castbox, Anchor, and before he and, goes uh, on his uh, long rant about things we're not on, we're, we're um, on all of these shit. Let's let's um, tell you where you can find us collectively at Kayfabe Avenue on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. Join the conversation. Join our Facebook group. Uh, like, share, and subscribe to the YouTube, like he said. And um, speaking of subscribe, click on that support link on Anchor. Click on the support link on Apple, on Spotify, all major uh, podcast streaming providers, and donate what you can to the podcast. Keep the lights on. Keep this Kayfabe Avenue train running. With that being said, that was Kayfabe Focus. I'm Kayfabe AJ. This has been Kayfabe Avenue and the AEW Dynamite Wrap-Up. Kenny, Twinkle Toes, McFinger Bang. Oh, damn. Because you're not the cleaner. That's fine. You're not the cleaner, bro. Hardcore finger fuck. Get your Prince Blossoms the fuck out of here. Yeah, you trying to say he was like Richard. Get your Ted Mosby boost the fuck out of here. Yeah, you know what? You're not even wearing them right. <laughs> Kenny, Twinkle Toes, Mick Finger Bang. God damn it. I can't wait for Revolution to come. You need to get somebody else. <sighs> Take us home. Bye. <laughs> and good. Night! Bad!